Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You may have noticed that I read today from the King James Version. And um, the reason I did that is because I just got this beautiful Bible, newly rebound, uh, from Long, Long's Roulet Bookbinders that's down in Norfolk. Uh, Reverend Bonadonna turned me on to them. They're a great uh, little operation down in Norfolk. I took them four family Bibles that uh, some of them were like there was no binding left whatsoever. And I thought it was possible they might say, sorry, there's nothing we can do with that, but they rebound every one of them. And so this one here is a gift that was given by my great great grandfather to my great grandfather on May 29, 1929. His, uh, my great great grandfather was a Presbyterian minister and gave that to his son. What better gift is there that a parent can give their child than God's word put into their hands? So anyway, this is, uh, I mean, I have enjoyed just having it and being able to read from it. Thank you for indulging me today as I read the King James Version. It's a little bit different, but actually as we're looking at the Lord's Prayer, it might be a little more familiar because we have tended to preserve some of the language uh, that comes through the Lord's Prayer uh, taken from there. Uh, Also in the King James Version, the account from Luke, for those of you that were reading on the back of your bulletin and were looking at the lesson and noticed some differences, uh, Luke's account sort of picked up uh, some of the, uh, more of the language from Matthew, where Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer and put that in there. The ESV doesn't, doesn't do that. It tries to stay strict to the older manuscripts. So anyway, um, all right. Last week, last week we uh, learned from the account of Mary and Martha uh, how we are to worship God. Jesus taught a lesson last week on how we worship. Uh, now, as you'll recall last week, the tendency when we hear the account of Mary and Martha is to um, think that this is teaching us how we best serve Jesus. You know, should we be like Martha in the way she was serving Jesus or like Mary in the way she was serving Jesus? And really the answer is, no, this isn't about how you serve Jesus. This is about how Jesus serves you. Uh, this is what we're all doing here today is to be served by Jesus, his word and his sacrament. So last week he taught us how to worship This week, Jesus is going to teach us how to pray. And in a similar way, as we read this account of the Lord's Prayer and how he he taught his disciples to pray, we might automatically look at this as a new law, how to pray. This is how to pray 101. What is this teaching me about how to pray? And then we might ask ourselves, do I measure up? How am, am I faithful to the way Jesus taught me to pray? Am I doing my prayers the right way? We, we try to, we, we have this tendency to try and make things into a law. Um, well, I mean, if we want to measure our performance and say, am I praying as I ought? We can do that. Let's, let's do that. We'll start with the first petition. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oof, we didn't get very far. <laughs> and right off the bat, we realize we have an issue. After all, Do we hallow God's name as we ought? I mean, this means to put God first above all else and 
If we're honest with ourselves, we know, yeah, we don't do that. We don't do that. Um, I mean, it means to keep his name holy, to unfailingly love and trust in God above all things. I know that you don't do that because I heard your public confession this morning. And you know that I don't do that either because I was also confessing that same confession that we do that we fall short. Okay, give us this day, uh, or as it's rendered in the King James, give us day by day our daily bread. Daily bread? Boy, we're fed a lot more than daily bread. And yet we even ask for more, don't we? We do. We, we ask God for more than that. Lord, give me that big promotion that I need. Oh, I'll be able to do more to benefit your kingdom if I get that promotion, even like we try to barter. Uh, give me that bigger salary. Help me to win the lotto, God. Help me to win the lotto. Uh, are we asking for more than we ought? We might measure ourselves. Again, I'm not saying this is the right thing. I'm just saying if you want to measure yourself according to this prayer and answer the question, am I praying as Jesus taught me to pray? These are the sorts of questions that you would be asking yourself. He says, give us this day our daily bread. But we pray for so much more than that. Not saying it's wrong, just saying we do. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. More like, forgive us our sins and forgive us for not forgiving everyone who is indebted to us. Oh, but Lord, it is, you really don't expect me to forgive that guy over there, do you? Or this person over here who's done this awful thing to me. You can't honestly expect me to forgive them. So, so no, that prayer is more like forgive us our sins and forgive us that we don't forgive others as we ought and help us to forgive others as we ought. But again, if we're measuring ourselves against the way Jesus teaches us to pray, we're going to fall short here. <clears throat> Finally, we have, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And of course, God doesn't lead us into temptation. But you know what? He doesn't really need to. We seem to be able to find it on our own without his leading us into it. We tend to find it on our own. So Jesus taught us to pray, and the natural inclination for us as sinners might be just to measure our performance. How do we pray, and how do we stack up? Are we praying as he taught us to pray? How am I doing? Am I praying in a worthy manner? Am I faithful to the instructions which Jesus has given? When you measure your performance, as I just did briefly here, you'll come to the realization that you don't measure up. So what's the solution? Some people will give you a solution. They'll say, oh, just try harder. Pray more frequently. Maybe if you just like set an alarm just five minutes earlier and you just got up a little bit earlier, you could do better and you could, you could be better at praying. Pray with more fervor. You know, maybe if I pray louder, that will help. Maybe I need to pray and fast. I got to put the two together. That's the solution. I got to do something to boost my prayer life. There must be a way that we can be more faithful and pray the way Jesus wants us to pray, the way he's taught us to pray. And the answer is yes, actually there is. I mean, normally I'm not in favor of like giving solutions to like how you can, you know, 
do as Jesus said. But actually, there is. There is a solution to this. Yes, you can pray as Jesus taught. But in order to do that, you have to understand exactly what he is teaching in the Lord's Prayer. He, he does give us form and substance to the prayer. Like the prayer is, it, 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 he has given us a form, a shape for the prayer. And he's given us actual words to say. The earliest Christians, by the way, they got this. You can read in the, the didache, the, the teaching of the early church. Um, it, was, uh, it was right in there. It was taught to all of the catechumens before they were communed. They would learn that. Um, and and it, was a, it was a part of the teaching of the church from the earliest days. That's why we all know the Lord's Prayer. My parents were taught the Lord's Prayer, by the way, in a public school up in false church. I mean, that's how it was. it was. It was taught to everyone. They were expected to know the Lord's Prayer. So yeah, it has that form and substance, but it's got more to it. And that's the part that we need to recognize. Jesus is teaching, besides just giving us a shape of a prayer and the words to say, he's teaching us an attitude and a way that we approach God. The psalmist in our psalm reading today declares it. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly. Yeah, the lowly. Who is that? Yeah, it's all of you and me. The Lord regards us. That's what the psalmist is saying. Jesus says to come to God the Father, get this, as though he is actually your heavenly Father. As though he knows you personally and loves you. Jesus says when you pray to him, say, our father, come to him, approach him as though he knows you. He knows who you are. He loves you. Oh, and by the way, when I say he knows you, I mean, he knows the good, the bad, the ugly and the really ugly. He knows it all and he loves you. And Jesus says, come to him in that regard. He is your father who knows and loves you. He says, come to him as though God, your heavenly father, wants all good things for you. Not bad things. He wants good things for you. And also as though he knows what you need most. Like he knows the things that you know you need, that you don't know you need. He knows them. So you might pray for one thing, but he knows what you really need. And Jesus says, come to him with that mindset. Jesus is telling you that God, your heavenly father, looks on you with love and mercy and compassion. And to help explain this, he gives a couple analogies. We start out with the the first man. He's woken in the middle of the night by a friend in need who wants to who is receiving another guest. You got to follow with it. Don't get confused. There's a traveler who comes into the town and he comes to a house, knocks on the door. Well, in the local custom there, it was totally expected that this stranger who has come into the town would be received and fed. A meal would be set down before him. That's customary. It would have been unthinkable that you wouldn't receive him into your home and give him a meal. Well, this guy doesn't have any bread made. So he goes to his neighbor and says, hey, Come on out of bed. Give me some bread. I got got some travelers that have come in. I need to feed him. It's not just a requirement for the household to show hospitality. It's actually a requirement for the whole village 
So anyone in that village would certainly give him something to eat. The idea that he would just stay in bed is unthinkable. And, and that's what this is saying is that, that even if that guy wants to stay in bed, because of the shamelessness of the guy banging on his door and saying, no, no, I'm telling you, we need some food here. He will get out of bed and give it to him. I mean, does that mean that Jesus is telling you to be persistent in your prayers? Yeah, he is. And even some, some translations will use this word shameless. Be shameless. And that's saying something. But you know, when you're coming to your heavenly father who knows and loves you, you can be shameless. I mean, after all, he has secured you and your eternal life by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come to him with that confidence. Okay, he gives another example too. We have a case of a father and a son. And the son says, Dad, I'm hungry. Can I have a piece of bread? Sure, kid, here's a stone to chew on. I mean, really, what kind of a father is going to do that? Yeah, I mean, there are some fathers who would do that. Jesus even acknowledges that because he says, ye being evil. So he's even saying, you know, yeah, even if you are a bad father. But, of course, we don't do that. Child asks for a piece of bread. If he's hungry, we're going to give him something to eat. Or we might say, it's not dinner time yet. But nevertheless, at some point, he's going to get something to eat. Jesus said, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. In other words, fathers, this this is what I love about about this Bible. I mean, what a precious gift that my great-grandfather father received from his dad. I mean, this is a lovely gift. And, and, and yet, I know he failed him just, just because I know my dad, who I love, has failed me before. And I know, although I love my children, I've failed them before, at least once. Maybe twice, I don't know. Yeah, but see, if we can do anything that's good, how much greater our God in heaven. Jesus says, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit? That's what he says. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? In other words, if your earthly father can do anything good for you, that's nothing, nothing compared to what your heavenly father can do for you. Notice that your heavenly father gives you what? The Holy Spirit. I mean, this is like, this goes straight to like the end all be all. This is everything. I mean, you want to ask God for a billion dollars? That's nothing. That's a pittance. He is saying, I give you my spirit. I mean, God gives you that which is exclusive to the Godhead, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. I mean, it's it's like if he'll give you this, I mean, how much more will he give you? Well, he'll give you what you need. He'll give you what's needful. And he will give you the gift that is 
far surpasses everything else. Nothing else could possibly matter as much as this. God gives you the Holy Spirit. You ask for 10 bucks, he gives you the entire world. You may have the audacity even to ask for a billion dollars, and that's nothing. I mean, that's nothing compared to what he's, he actually does give you. And that's the Holy Spirit. And for what purpose? To work faith. To circumcise your heart. To give you a right understanding. To, to give you eyes that see the Savior. To give you ears that hear the precious word of Christ. Jesus says, ask for it and it will be given to you. We ask God when we, when we pray this prayer and we ask God for daily bread, which, by the way, that's also a unique phrase. Uh, in fact, Origen, one of the early church fathers, said that the expression daily bread was a exclusively Christian. It's like a word that they, that they, uh, that they used to imply something uh, beyond just what the ear might initially hear and perceive. Daily bread expresses more than just food for today. Uh, We pray, God, give me the physical food to nourish my body today and every day. That's the give me the daily bread day by day. But we are also praying, God, give me the spiritual food to nourish my soul today and into eternity. That's all wrapped up in that one expression, daily bread. And you know what God says? When we pray for this daily bread, here, take, eat, take, drink. Christ shed blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Yeah, you want the daily bread? You got it. I'm giving it to you. Hear these words like we read this morning. Man cannot live on bread alone in our Bible study but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is daily bread that we receive. So we pray and he gives it to us. God says, I have redeemed you by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You're mine and I give you life here. You want bread to nourish your body? I give you that. I give you life here, now, and into eternity. I give you the spiritual food that you need now, and I give it to you into eternity. That is what God is saying. That is the way that Jesus is teaching us to pray. You and I have nothing to offer God, but he is your heavenly father, and he gives you everything that you need. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They, they, though they are like uh, red like crimson, they shall become like wool. That is the promise of God. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.